When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. The podcast that's, Josh, you're not going to believe this, and listeners, you're not going to believe this, but the podcast that has finally reached, I believe, at this point, gravel saturation point. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. I thought... Well, neither did I, until I got to about 4pm yesterday and was utterly pig sick of the whole fucking thing. <laughs> And I've still got five ton of it to move. I mean, on the plus side, though, mini digger, right? Well, yeah, but that's gone weeks ago. We're just in. Oh. We're into like barrowing gravel and oh, see, moving fucking, fucking massive slabs of York stone, which were I didn't buy them. They're on the patio already, but they're having to be moved <laughs> to create stepping stones in the garden. It's a whole thing, but it's just so fucking heavy, man. Everything Anywhere, is heavy, it? and everything needs moving. I'm sick of it. This is the thing with any kind of earthworks, you know. Oh. It's all very heavy, and it all takes a lot of fucking hassle to do. And I just don't know if it's worth it. No, I mean I'm sure oh. it will be worth it in the end. I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, you know. Anyway, so I thought I'd make it. Gone too far in... now. It's got to be worth it. Well, it's got to be done now. It's half done. Yeah. So I've got. To, I can't not move the gravel now because I'll have a garden look right. And just loads of bags of gravel on my drive. And that's just, that definitely won't look good. So I thought I'd cheer myself up after mm-hmm. watching myself up. But I thought I'll take a break and I'll, I'll settle myself in and I'll watch mm. the Do you watch Ozark? Uh, I've watched Piston Bobs of it, never got into it. Well, it's, it's the final series now. And they've had like, the heard, first yes. half and it's finished. And I thought, honestly, it is so fucking stupid. <clears throat> I'm going to have to get to the end of it. But it's like, is it? It's not as bad as the way I felt having to watch to the end of Sons of Anarchy, which yeah. is probably the greatest hate-watching experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but it's getting there because it's just so stupid. So very, I mean, very stupid. That, that is very much how I feel about uh, season two of Star Trek Picard, 
where every week I gave up on that. It's, that, that it's one fucking the, awful. When he went inside his head, I thought that's it. I'm Honestly, ridiculous. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, and each week, just like each week, I just think a bunch of people greenlit this. <laughs> like there was a writers' room, an executive producer, and like a, a person who runs a TV channel who was supposed to be very well paid, I'm sure, and are supposedly very good at their jobs, and they allowed this to happen. And I, I just, it's question. It's really shook. It shook me to my core. That, that never matter what happened, Patrick Stewart, because he said I wasn't going to come back. I was. I turned up. Yeah, I was for any old no shit. But then, yeah. the script, but then the script was so good. Yeah, it was like you're such a it's liar. Like, there's no way you looked at season two and thought, yeah, I'm definitely sticking <laughs> around for this. It's definitely not about the money. Well, this is the thing. They they came with the script and also a giant check, and thankfully one of them was more impressive than the other one for him but sadly for the rest of us we now have to watch it honestly so i couldn't even cheer myself up with the telly i've still got the latest episode of winning time to watch which is diverting i still i've still only watched about 20 minutes of that and it was exactly what i expected it to be (laughs) it's it's the big short (laughs) but basketball yeah yeah and I, i i happily will go back in the same way that i've watched like three episodes of uh peacemaker with John Cena, which is a spin-off of a film I haven't watched, you know, which uh, it was the, but it's it is very funny. I must be honest, and John Cena is surprisingly excellent as a sort of meathead. It will shock you to learn that former professional wrestler John Cena is exceptionally good at playing a sort of <laughs> slightly lovable meathead. The best professional wrestlers. I I watched all of Young Rock in one go the other week. Oh, I haven't watched that. Really yet. enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I've got a great deal of goodwill for, for Dwayne. And so and I speaking, should probably just speaking watch it. Speaking of that, um, I live quite near Wrexham, right? Yes. And we all know about the stories that's, you know, the, the Hollywood Indeed. takeover of Wrexham. Indeed. Well, it turns out a bloke a bloke in work mm-hmm. is and he's 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 a lovely man. Yeah. But he's not the most exciting man in the world. Mm-hmm. And he when Wrexham was fan owned and stuff, he was mm. their treasurer. Okay. He is. And somebody was telling me the other day, they were in a meeting with him, and he said, how was, how was your weekend? You know, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, it was all right. I had to go to a meeting about the club, and I met The Rock. <laughs> and he said it in a completely matter-of-fact way. And this lad, other lad, he said, what? what? Well, what? He, goes, he goes, yeah, yeah, I met, yeah, he's a mate of Ryan's, so he kind of joined in on this Zoom call we were having. And it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if... Ryan Reynolds is one thing, but if we're going to get The Rock in some way involved in Wrexham... He's a well. mate of Ryan's, says the nondescript <laughs> fellow who's been treasurer at Wrexham for years. Amazing stuff. To Ryan's. Oh, what a strange world we live in now, eh? Indeed, yeah. What have you been up to? I've moaned like hell about my gardening and shit telling experiences. <laughs> what have you been up to? I mean, well, I, I've... Um... I've also been out in the garden this weekend. I mean, there's a bit of my lawn, right, that because of lack of shade and some overgrown plants, the responsibility for which will remain nameless, <laughs> um, a bit like a sort of, a, you know, a two-foot square of our lawn is basically just barren and has no grass in it. So I tried last year. I put some seed down. I didn't cover it, and all the birds just ate it all. So this year I'm like... You know what? I'm going fucking Billy Big Bollocks here. I'm going to get some chicken wire. I'm going to make a little fucking house 
I'm going to put it on top of the lawn and I'm going to put my seed down and it'll be fine. Mm. And I think the slugs have eaten it. <laughs> Someone's eaten it. <laughs> I've got the reverse problem of that in that mm. I, I'm t- where I've got like stuff planted, I've I've mulched the fuck out of it because I'm just sick mm. of grass and nettles growing. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I've been shoveling as well as gravel is mulch. <laughs> but anyway, and this there's some grass just keeps fucking coming through. It's tough stuff. So I'm moaning about this the other day to Natalie, who's in the garden of me. I said, fucking grass just won't stop coming through. And she suddenly she just drops in. Yeah, I mean, last year, I've probably been thinking about it. I shouldn't have bought that. I bought a lot of Canadian grass seed and just threw it around everywhere. <laughs> like, what, what? Now you tell me that you've basically bought grass that can survive a fucking Arctic winter and I'm throwing fucking mulch at it and thinking that's going to do a reasonable job. No wonder I'm being defeated by it. Maybe that's what I need because genuinely, in my garden, grass will grow everywhere except where I want it to grow. <laughs> so, like in between it's paving stones, sides of yeah. house, like any nook or cranny will suddenly become like fucking the old Trafford of my patio. But like, if actually growing grass on the fucking lawn where it's supposed to be, absolute pain up my ass. So Tell you, I've been doing this weekend though, which is very satisfying in the garden. I've got a you know a big fucking petrol powered diamond cutter blade saw. <sighs> I've been using that to cut through four, like three inch, four inch slabs of stone. Nice. Oh, see, that must be very. You attach a hose to it and everything. It feel like oh, lovely shit. Do you know what I mean? To keep the dust down. Hmm. Oh, it's anyone else I've done this week actually. Oh yeah. You know, last year where people recommended me like the sort of cat and you know cat friendly organic. For, like weed killers. That oh, the vinegar and water and a spray. Yeah, whatever. It didn't was. fucking work at all. Uh, literally, <laughs> yeah. it it made I looked the up leaves... on the internet straight away. They said that's bullshit. It yeah, worked, and they so. made the, the leaves go a little bit shrivelly, and then they all grew back. Uh, and now this year, I'm got a cat anymore, so I've just gone oh, some. Oh. I've yeah, but um, I've just gone Billy Big Bollocks. I've got myself a big old fucking thing around up. And I'm going to go fucking hog wild this weekend. Well, when Natalie was away the other week, I was sick of too many weeds and grass around the rose bushes. <sighs> Coming back to it was tough. I thought, fuck this, because I've got one of them Ghostbusters things you put on your back with yeah, the pump yeah. spray thing. So I mixed a lot around. I thought, fuck it. I'm going, you know, I'm only that far off the ground. You know, how much damage mm. did it do to the roses? Did it? Then, of course, did that like thing where you panic and I better look up on the internet. What does Roundup do to roses? You know, and it basically went, You are fucked. It basically sucks it, it sucks it through the stems, it sucks it through everything. I was like, Oh my God. And I started looking, I watched it, I watched like endless numbers of videos on YouTube thinking, Somebody please tell me it's going to be okay. And I found some mad American bloke who was videoing himself spraying stuff literally like that far, you know, an inch away from the roses. Mm. He said, and that's fine, don't worry. If any if you get any of it on it like this, and he sprayed it literally at the roads, just snap said, just snap that branch off, that's fine. I was like, but of course I had two weeks <laughs> of thinking, I can't tell her this. Because she no. she'd counseled against the roundup near the roses. Yeah, exactly. But I did it when like, she was away. That's the thing. I'm sat there thinking, I've got two weeks, you know, because it takes about two weeks for roundup mm-hmm. to do its worst. Mm-hmm. It? So I'm sat there thinking, I've got two weeks, and if these things start dying, I'm gonna have to fucking fess exactly what I've done. <laughs> It didn't happen. Not when I was three weeks clear of it, I confessed. Should have seen her face. That won't be happening again. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, Rory says, our lads, perfect topic. I've been doing gardening today as well and trying to get rid of weeds. Fucking cons- Just what funking you do is, cunts of things. You actually type. Cons- you spend hours <laughs> and hours and hours trying yeah. to figure out a way of not having to get on your hands and knees and rip them out. 
and the hours you've spent trying to figure that out, you could have just been ripping them out. That's what that's the conclusion I've come to. Everything ends true. with you just got to fucking get bend your back, you've got, and yeah. Them out. Yeah, you've got to get down on your hands and knees with Honestly, a little fucking 10 Nike minutes thing. living at this now. Fucking gardens yeah. question time. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Do you know because it was funny you say I was thinking about getting one of them things like those motorized things that claim to take out weeds in between pass path things and then i just looked at every review of it and it was just like this works if you've got some moss between your path paving yes. it's like who's who's fucking caring about a bit of moss between I'm sure i think some... moss looks nice between in your i've got no problem with it at all no it's fine see i've got i've got a problem anymore now because all my patio has been ripped up which comes back to my york stone conversation the other day Honestly, I wish. I'm going to make stepping stones with what I've got left over, fill it with golden gravel. It'll be beautiful. Well, anyway, anyway, on that yes. note, we can't mm. surely keep talking about it. But well done, everyone, for gardening. You'll be struggling out there. Indeed. If you're a patron, you know, send gardening questions in. I'll do my best to respond. More power to you all. The answer is always spray it with Roundup and don't tell your wife. Or other <laughs> yeah, yeah. life partner of your choice. Or occasionally um, smash shit up with a big So if you do want to send me. questions to me, mm. yeah, or, or you can send them to Josh, I guess. I mean, um, I wouldn't send them to me because my sphere of reference is very limited. So, if you want to get in touch with me, at Blood and Mud I am on the Twitter, yeah. and my DMs are open, so you could fire all kinds of random garden shit at me. I can't promise mm. I'll answer, and I can't promise if I do answer that it'll be entirely correct or reliable. But, you know, you, you pays your money, you spins the wheel, you takes your chance. Absolutely nothing about this podcast should lead anyone to think that we are either correct or reliable in any exactly. way, DIY or otherwise. Or you can get to us from leeatbloodandmud.com on the email either, if that's your preference, if you're old. Indeed. My kids are fucking baffled by email. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, because eventually they will have to enter the world of work, and with it, they will have to then embrace email. And they'll have to receive, like, the council tax bill electronically, things like that, when they finally get out and stuff. (laughs) Anyway, Josh, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, At Josh Gardner or at Ruth underscore mag. I haven't got a landline, so, uh, you know. They can't ring me. I don't have a landline anymore. Since I've gone no. full fibre on the internet, Same. it's gone. No need. Don't need it. Are you Never full fibre now? I'm full fibre now. Man. Beautiful. I'm, I feel I slipped up, though. I moved too early. Oh, because you? obviously BT had like exclusive rights, I think, for 12 months. Mm. Now every fucker's offering it. It's true. I, Although I, am... it, I, got in, I got into the market, and it's least competitive, <laughs> which I think is, you know, perfect. Well, they absolutely yeah. had you over a barrel yeah. for it. They yeah. could charge yeah. you whatever because I was just excited. Yeah. Never yeah. be an early mover, people. Never. No. Don't early adopt anything. Not my style either, usually, but there you go. So uh, we are on the Sports Social Network, as you know. We are on we Apple are. Podcasts, and we're on Patreon.com. Blood and mud, where you can come along. And uh, do all kinds of things, uh, mm. get extra stuff. Most things, well, what you can come along and do is 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 pay some money. You can two pound a month or twenty pound for the whole year to get access to extra stuff, full account, full uh, episodes every week, the Facebook group, all of the back catalogue, lots and lots of stuff in there. And also, you can just feel like you're supporting us, which will make you feel all nice, hopefully, and supporting my uh, gravel gravel related dreams. Exactly. Your your hard-earned money pays for golden gravel. It does so, pay for golden gravel. Yeah. Eighty pound a ton, in case you're wondering. Oof, the uh, the so um, that's uh, my dad's account rate as well. But Ooh. so the um, 
Or you can pay £5 a month or £50 for the whole year to get, you know, all of that stuff. Plus, you get um, us having a go at a biography of your name. Now, we've had quite a few building up these past few weeks, what with Easter and me missing a week and Rona, we've had to, we've had to catch up. Is so, Josh, we'll go, we'll go to you first, shall we? Yeah, and uh, my, first, my first patron is just Rory. Now, nobody knows what Rory's surname is because he's like Prince. Um and for that matter, they're not even sure if his name really is Rory, and maybe it's he's, maybe he's just like a brilliant football player, and they picked the name Rory because he just loves going to like pizza themed daytime nightclubs and forgot how to spell Rory Jackson's name properly. <laughs> uh, oh, the bunga bunga, yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, all we know is that every week he comes, he plays, he goes home, and nothing more is said about the matter. Beautiful, thank you, Rory. Um, I've got Andy Payne. Uh, Beanpole second row for the John Spencer Blues Explosions RFC. <laughs> Polite. But John Andy... Spencer Blues. Oh, yeah, John Spencer Blues Explosions <laughs> RFC. Uh, he's a polite and decent man, Andy, and he earned the nickname Tim Nice But Slim as okay. an horrific mashup of a reference to the former England prop with the same yeah. surname yeah. and the Harry Enfield character of the 1990s. It's, it's nice a terrible nickname, but it's, it's nice how these nicknames as often they nice... do. It's nice how these nicknames just evolved to the point where after about three derivations, they don't make any sense whatsoever. Not at all, yeah. And it's too hard to explain. Indeed, so we just go with it. Thank you, Andy. Indeed. Who you got next? Uh, my, my next one is Conrad Liddy. Uh, all mod Conrad, Good name. as he, he's known around the clubhouse, uh, because no amateur player has ever invested so much of his own money into performance-enhancing technology than Liddy. Smartwatch? obviously one of those weird heart rate monitor things that connects to your phone and tells you how good you're working out obviously is that the one Person- that straps under your tits yeah one that straps under your tits personal gps tracker to monitor his performance load when he's doing training and playing in a game even though nobody else has got one a hundred percent he's got one of those and a bloke with a laptop on the side of the pitch monitoring uh he's got one of those weird game ready ice machines that every rugby player on earth i mean he got gifted about five years ago uh, and he's even got one of those weird, like, creepy ab stimulator machines that Ronaldo's always advertising on the bad sports channels. In short, he's got every advantage possible to ensure that he is in absolute peak physical condition every game and always knows exactly what his body should be doing, which makes it all the more odd that he tweaks his hamstring every other game at around the 65-minute mark. <laughs> My cousin, our John, mm. right, yes. who is a hilarious man. Think Peter Kay, but blonde, same accent mm-hmm. and everything. Um, he he buys anything, <laughs> and he he bought one of them ab, yeah. ab stimulator things. Mm-hmm. I literally went around it, and he was literally sat watching the telly with it strapped on, while he was eating like a his dinner out of a big dish. <laughs> he, was actually, he kept slightly twitching every five, five seconds because <laughs> he kicked in. Honestly, gone. Oh, the amount of shit that fella buys is hilarious. <laughs> but does he have abs like Cristiano Ronaldo now? He definitely does not. No, his nickname not. in the family, and I'm sorry to body shame, but his nickname in the family is the RSP because he always goes on holiday. He's, he's in his 50s now, John. He always goes on holiday, wears, still wears budgies <laughs> and uh, and gets very, very tanned. So we call Oof. him the RSP because he's called the roast suckling pig. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's, I've actually got a holiday with him in September and I can't wait because I bloody love our John. He's hilarious. But yeah, the, it, and he's like, you know what people have, have like a, uh, and I love him, this for him. He's got a belly right, unashamed of it, good for him, gets his budgies on. And it's like, his belly's like 
taut like a timpani drum. Do you know what I mean? And like <laughs> glowing, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a yeah, glowing dome in the sunshine. No, it's amazing. Yeah, there's no, there's not. It's not really like flab. It's just like a hard mass. It's incredible. Of, yeah. yeah, it's it's it looks like it's like medically problematic, but it isn't. <laughs> it's just it's just how he looks. Yeah, he's oh. hilarious. Anyway, yeah. So sorry, ab machine. Where was it up to? You've done Conrad, haven't you? Thank you, yes, Conrad. Just, indeed. Um, finally, we've got Rob Montagnon. Um, inside centre of Club Rugby Leuf de la Morte near Toulouse. Um, Rob is a dead ringer for Antoine Dupont. All right. But he's six foot five. <laughs> so it leads to lots of slightly baffled people hesitantly asking for selfies. Yeah. Because he looks so they, much like yeah. Antoine Dupont. But he's quite Same clearly a foot taller than him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so loads of people have got selfies to show to their mates who are like, you stood in a hole next to him there. Yeah. Does he, wear you, a lot, does he wear a big fluffy bathrobe all the time just to accentuate things? He should do. Imagine that six foot do. five in that Balenciaga thing. I've been wall to wall pictures. Speaking of that, I've been wall to wall pictures of the fucking Met Ball today on Twitter and all Honestly, that. Honestly, I know. In this, you know, the biggest cost of living crisis anyone's ever faced. <laughs> and there's just pictures of these bastards wearing the ridiculous fucking... outfits. Yeah. The bloody GDP of Cameroon or something in a dress. The ba- the baffling thing that I find about it all is, yeah, that people just get so excited. I know, you know people need escapism. It's an escape, but it's like, but it's literally like, like, you know, it's like there's no pur- It's not like the Oscars. There's not a purpose for them being there. They're literally there to dress up and show you all that they're better than you. And that you are much poorer and less attractive than they are. And I, yes, I did see Lizzo with her. And her ass says, did you see Lizzo? I didn't, but I'm just going to take it that she looked amazing because she always does. She's yeah. the exception to every rule. So Yeah. She brought, she brought a flute. It was like, coordinate, it, was, it was a golden flute to coordinate with her black and gold outfit. It was an absolute fucking look. <laughs> I think she played the flute on the red carpet. Honestly, fucking queen. But anyway, I mean, yeah, but I was, I mean, the flute is shit, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, this is the, all the time the, in the, the world fact, for her being able to play it. She's, the terrible, fact terrible. that she's, she is through the sheer force of her own personality and likability <laughs> yeah. somehow made the flute acceptable in pop music is almost her greatest achievement. It's yeah. unbelievable. There's a version of Georgia on My Mind by Ray Charles, a live version on YouTube. Mm. I love that song, love him singing it. Indeed. Honestly, you listen to it and it sets my teeth on edge because there's a fella playing <laughs> jazz flute in between every line. You know what I mean? Georgia. Too... I said a Georgia. <laughs> it's fucking horrendous. It literally, honestly, it feels it's like a... it feels like somebody turned on an ab fucking thing on my stomach in between each line. <laughs> it's amazing that jazz flute or any flute is endured past Ron Burgundy doing it, really. Because surely <laughs> yes, that, that I mean, moment. To be fair, this was from the 60s. So, you know, to be I fair, yeah. yeah, but it's just remarkable that the flute wasn't just then all smelted down, and it was like we're done. Hey, jazz flute. Imagine scat singing, but on a flute. The only thing that it could is, be worse is it? like jazz recorder or jazz bagpipes, <laughs> maybe. Jazz recorder orchestra. <laughs> jazz <laughs> bag jazz. It all sounds wrong. I'm gonna start talking. Move on. Let's move on. Shall we begin as we always begin, Josh? I think we better add. load of yeah. shite talk for 20 minutes before yeah. we move on to uh, a player spotted. 
Anna Seligman yes. gets in touch via the patron messaging service. Mm-hmm. She says, hello, Lee. I know Josh doesn't read this. No, nope, it's true. Adi correctly says. She says, given recent exotic and exciting players and coach spotted, I thought I'd submit my recent player spotted. I yeah. was visiting Cardiff on the weekend of the 5th of February. I you like might the remember. Specificity there. Specificity, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, reminds me of my master specific heat capacity in, in physics. You have to you have to really work with the enunciation. Really on that do. One. Yeah. Uh, you might remember Wales were in Dublin about to be thrashed by Ireland that weekend. I says Anna. That, yeah. But pre pre thrashing, I went out for a walk with my parents. We did a night nice route past Landaff Cathedral. Dan, mm-hmm. I'm saying that because people in Cardiff call it Landaff, not Landaff. Before people pull me up. In fact, people kind of call it land if you've got to be specific about it. But that's a. Indeed. Um, he says, down by the tap, so past Landiff Cathedral, down by the tap and through Pontcana Fields, we were heading back to Landiff when we were walking towards a rather large man in a hoodie and shorts walking a very small dog. Yeah. The dog was one of those poodle crossbreeds that lots of people have these days. Yes. No shedding, mm-hmm. see? Everyone wants to be crossing uh, the poodle because it? it doesn't is that shed. It? Right. Okay. Cockapoo, cockapoo, Jean, all the other bollocks. It's because they don't Cavapoos. shed. Cavapoo. Uh. Thank you. Uh, anyway, Anna says, I was so distracted by smiling at the sweet dog, I didn't realize until I was about two feet away from him that it was none other than Claremont Wales and British Nice Lions hero, John Fox Davis. Oh, hello. Walking a tiny I mean... dog in Pont Field. She finishes by saying, would Wales have beaten Ireland if he'd been in Dublin rather than Pont Cana? We'll never know. We'll never Anna. know. I yeah, know probably Anna. not. I know that if he was there, you wouldn't have beaten Ireland. No. Because him being stood in the 13 channel with all his experience would not have prevented your forwards being splintered into a thousand heartbreaking pieces with every No, it's true. Played. It probably wouldn't have been quite as bad as them playing Josh Adams at 13, though, you have to admit. You have to admit that. That could have gone a yeah. bit better. Yeah. A he, was, bit. he was responsible for at least one of the tries, wasn't he? Yes, at least. So, yeah, so there you mm. go. So, you know, a leisurely walk around Cardiff's most obvious walking path. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. And probably Cardiff's most obvious rugby player spotting territory, I would imagine. Yeah, Pont Canner is, yeah. Pont Canner, the, the MacArthur Glen in Bridge End, <laughs> Pont Canner. Uh, and you, I also I'd say uh, the the Odeon in Cardiff Bay is probably um, a safe... Leamington Spa and Bath. Yeah, Leamington anywhere in Leamington Spa. Uh, I think it's Bath. all the spa towns in England. I think you could. Sp- I would. I think it is. Yeah, I didn't see any of them. No, might <laughs> see some rugby league players in Harrogate. You wouldn't see the bollocks. Wouldn't tolerate their kind in Harrogate. <laughs> Get back to Keithley, where your type are tolerated. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so thank you very yes. much, Anna, for a Monday and spotting a John Fox Davis not playing for Wales in a perhaps yes. unhelpful manner. Um, if you've got a player spotted, if you've seen a player out there in the wild doing something particularly dull in a dull situation, send it to us and spare no Monday indeed. Either on the DMs for me or on the email, leeatbloodandmud.com, or via the patron messaging service, which lovely Anna did, because mm. she's a lovely patron. Thank you very much indeed. indeed. James Crone says, first time I went to Pont Cana, I misread the sign and was calling it Pancetta. <laughs> hang on, hang, no, hang, like the plant. Do you mean Poinsetta? 
Do you mean poinsettia or pancetta? Yeah, James, James, I've, got, I've, got, I've got some wood for you. You've, you've, you've spelt poinsettia wrong. But that's fine. Ev everyone, makes, year, everyone makes mistakes like that all the time, especially if, you, if you've never seen something, if you've only ever seen something written and never read, then I, I will forgive you anything, to be fair. Is Pont Canada the place now where people from your hometown of Aberdare would go and look in estate agents' windows and have a heart attack on the spot? Oh, it's like obscenely yeah. expensive now, isn't it? Yeah. It's one of the most fashionable places to live in uh, the UK, according to Wales Online. It's, so, yeah, according to Wales Online. Come on. Yeah. Well, apparently, according to the... I think it was the Telegraph, like the most desirable place to live in Britain is um, fucking somewhere in West Wales now. Of course it is, because they just want to buy all the houses and push out the ordinary people. But where my brother-in-law lives always. Kidwelly, that's where it is. Fucking Kidwelly, where my dad's got a fucking holiday chalet. Kidwelly's one of the most desirable places to live. Apparently so. Jesus and Christ. Honestly, it's given my dad so much ammunition for <laughs> how great Kidwelly is. It's like, I've been there. It's all right. <laughs> the end. The um, My, my brother-in-law lives in Fleet. And that always mm. comes out as really, like, a really good place to live. Which... I don't believe because I mean, it's it's hard to to sort of codify what you know. How do they really know what these places are? Is there a happiness index it? thing or something? I don't fucking know. What what the fuck is the happiest happiness index? You know? <laughs> I've been to Fleet. It's just like every other high street, except the houses are about a million quid. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the other thing. If you get on one of those lists, all you're guaranteeing is that your children won't be able to afford to live there. Well, it's like nice villages. I drive through nice villages, and 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 I know I'm bound to say this because because of where I live, right? But I drive through nice mm -hmm. villages, and I get and I'm like repelled at the idea of living in them because no, of the incredible agree. desire people have to living them. So that's the Same. kind of people you'd be living with. I mean, yeah. they love it. All power to them, and good for them. But that's why I'm a bit like, yeah, yes, I could walk to a nice coffee shop, but when I got to the coffee shop, I'd have to deal with those people. Well, this is same the thing, reason I don't uh, go to Twickenham, Josh. It all comes back to it's the same <laughs> reason I don't go to Twickenham. But I, I, you know, I, yeah, obviously, I live in the West Country. There's a lot of those sorts of little villages that are very desirable, particularly those that have got train links to London, mm. are considered very desirable. And I just drive through them and think, yeah. Flint's right. got train has got train links to London because of the Holyhead really? train line. Ooh. Yeah, two and a half board. hours direct. Have some of that. Fucking do it. I mean, when you arrive, you're in Flint, but you know, yeah. it is a direct link. Yeah, they can't take that away from you. They can't, no. Yeah. Hasn't affected the house prices yet, but... Uh... No, not yet. Give it time. So there you go. Thank you, Anna. Please send your player spotters in to us, and, that, and we will oh, yeah. welcome them in wonderfully. Thank you very much. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is it time to maybe do some news, do we think? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean... Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. Uh, so, John Afoa is leaving Bristol, which is... Uh, <laughs> yes, he is. Which is weird because he's thirty-seven he was, years old. I thought he was nailed on for coach. Yeah, he's thought he was nailed, he's, nailed, nailed on for coaching. What's the thing? He's technically a player coach this season, and obviously we knew that Bristol are going to have to get some salary off the book. But surely, like the easy thing there is just make him a full-time coach because that's what he's supposed to. You know, he's thirty-eight years old. That's what he's supposed to be fucking doing anyway. He's coaching. He's forgetting something, Josh. Where's he going? Well, this is the thing. For some reason. At 38 years of age, a man who was a Hollywood prop before it was cool to be a Hollywood prop uh, is going to have his eyeballs removed in the Pro de Deux. So, great. Look, you can't begrudge a man after the length of his career. He wants yeah. All he wants is the simple pleasure of a mid-match knife fight exactly. before he retires. That's all. You know, you can't... Who are we to deny him that? He feels like he hasn't been gouged enough in his career. No. And I respect that, you know. He, he's up for some some liberal late career gouging. So Why he's not? off the van, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is indeed off the van. Which pff, how much must play. they be paying him? I mean, that's the thing. They, they must have put for a, a proper Hollywood as him to go. Even at 38. yeah, all right, I'll yeah. put my eyes at risk at thirty eight and go <laughs> and go to fucking. Yes, they must I'm going to need, a, I'm gonna need a lot of money. There's a possibility that somebody <laughs> might eat my fingers in a mall. So there's no guarantee I'm going to come out of this with all my digits and organs. So <laughs> fair, I'm going to need a big old offer. And clearly, we know that Van are very ambitious, as a lot of clubs in the uh, French second tier are. Although I did, did you see that the? the uh, um, Jean-Baptiste uh, Aldige, who's the president of Beeritz, described the promotion format in Pro de Deux as a business made on human misery, which is, A, a, just a lovely turn of phrase. And also, finally, someone has said what we're all thinking. But don't be so specific, Jean-Baptiste. The whole sport broadly fits into that category. Don't sugarcoat it. I've, a, I've, I've got a, a cement mixer on hire, obviously. Hello. Me big job. Mm-hmm. Made by Altrad. Oh, so wow. I'm, I'm never... contributing to the madness <laughs> that is the French rugby pay scales. But genuinely, that's the like. Who knew? Like I, knew I had no idea Altrad what he did, was... but now I do. I knew Altrad. Him. I knew Altrad was in construction, but Altrad is one of those companies that's apparently fucking massive. Um, is it like without... the French Yamaha? You, you wouldn't believe. Yeah, the stuff it does they everything. <laughs> They do everything from saxophones to heavy <laughs> to motorbikes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those, you know, because Altrad is basically bankrolled in Rugby Union. You know, it's the biggest sponsor of the next World Cup. It's the biggest sponsor of France. They're sponsoring the All Blacks. For some reason, they're sponsoring the Melbourne Rebels this year. I don't know why. Um, but it's indeed, it's one of those companies that just seems so big that you don't know what it does. But apparently makes cement mixes. So fair Yamaha, play. though, right? Because yeah. Yamaha started off as a musical instrument company, didn't they? Hence, they've got the tuning forks as their 
Yes. Mogo. And then obviously branched out into fucking motorbikes and all kinds of mad shit. Yeah, they do everything. Like, yeah, why, hard, mate. you know, why is it anybody else swinging on to it? Why can't you buy a Gibson motorbike? Well, because frankly, yeah, like we, it, it's the sort all of American slight... classic. It's, but it's, it's there for very, the taking. But it's a very quite a sort of specifically Japanese thing in that these conglomerates these big japanese companies do make fucking everything because they don't or they make whiskey and loads of other mad shit yes yeah yeah and but yeah like as you say yamaha makes started off making organs i think and pianos and still make them but also make motorbikes and industrial robots and semiconductors and CD players, and I think they also may, they do something to do with archery as well. <laughs> they, something to do with archery. Something to do with archery. Yeah, I know. It's is it they, the bow or is it the arrow? Because there's nothing else to do with archery. I'm on. Okay, I'm on Yamaha's Wikipedia page, <laughs> and they've got are. they've got a collection of Yamaha guitars, tick Yamaha saxophone. I used to have a Yamaha saxophone, Yamaha drum kit, Yamaha oh, keyboard. Hang on, stop. You can play the saxophone, and this is never. I mean, play is probably a. I I used it as a vehicle to go on a lot of uh, school jazz band drinking trips between the (laughs) ages of fifteen and eighteen. But yeah, you know, I I could probably still play an F if I wanted to. Uh, That's about all I can remember. I was never very good, Um, and I realised that it wasn't very cool. It's jazz. You could just make a lot of squawking sounds. Oh, exactly. That's why. That's what I tried, and people just looked at me funny. Anyway, yes, groove man is off the charts. Yeah. Wow, that's the thing. We were only play- <laughs> nice. we were playing like fucking really like dreadful big band shit. It wasn't even cool jazz. It was just like ugh, Glenn Miller shit. Which Oh yeah, we played that one. Oh. Um, in the Yamaha mood, I'm in a fucking make- mood. I'll tell you I'm that. In the fucking mood. Yamaha make inflatable boats, outboard motors, superbikes, scooters, DVD players, golf carts. All-terrain vehicles, snowmobiles, jet skis, hi-fis, keyboards, drum sets, mixing consoles, speakers, uh, sound chips, semiconductors. Fuck me, it's too much. It's too many things. Oh, and they also support, like, they also own a rugby team. Because... See, these are these American companies that are meant to, like, be fucking ace and the height of capitalism. And what the fuck are they fucking mm. doing? What offenders spe- doing just making guitars and amplifiers? Yeah. They're they wasting specialize... everyone's fucking time. The American Mostly thing is just own. you specialise in one thing and make that one thing, with the exception of, like, weird, massive things like General Electric. Whereas, you know, Hyundai are just like, yeah, we'll make you a car, we'll make you a TV, we'll make a massive fuck-off, sh- like, container ship. We'll do everything. Why not? And they do um, chainsaws and... They do, yeah. I've got, a Hyundai, I've got a Hyundai leaf, leaf blower, in fact. Good man. Honestly. Petrol one? No, electric. Battery. Honestly, I've, Baby my, garden's too, my garden's too small to require anything petrol, to be honest. That shouldn't stop you, Josh. <laughs> what else are you going to do? You've got a baby <laughs> now. You might as well buy true. loads of petrol shit. You've got to spend more time priming stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway, what was that? That was John Foa going to John France Foer is what that was. News. What news have you got? Uh, speaking of people who are actually retiring, and sadly, yes. Tom Young's has obviously retired. Indeed. Yeah. Finally. Um, wonderful, wonderful reception at the weekend at Welford so. Road. Um, and, uh, you know, the more you read about him, and the whole family, actually, we you know, we pop a 
bit of a joke at Ben Young's and stuff like that. However, Tom just seems like an altogether completely lovely bloke by all accounts. Yep. And, and his brother seems to have a lovely same. relationship yeah. and all that stuff. Really Absolutely nice. Got, got their priorities straight, know what they're doing. You know, I've got whatever critiques we ever have of them both as players, and believe me, we've got plenty about Ben Young's. Like, they are clearly good blokes. At least Tom Young's had the decency to move off the international stage. I was going to say, in a, yeah. in a respectable time frame. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he he did it out of choice. I think it was more Eddie Jones not rating yeah, him indeed. in any way, no, shape, but, or form. I mean, form. you know, we can, we can all poke fun, as, as listeners will, will well know. But a hell of a career, actually. Indeed. Also, especially these last five years when there's been an absolute... All manner of other shit going on. Yeah, and he's and you know let's not forget fucking he played like he was a centre until until like two thousand and eleven or two thousand and twelve or something like that, and he only converted to hooker when he was on loan at Nottingham, and he then went from sort of being a fairly middling centre to being a fucking British and Irish lion, (laughs) and like. It is one of the more sort of remarkable, like, twists of a... He's the English Christian Dacey in many ways. I he is a bit, take... yeah. And he, came out, and he came out of nowhere. <laughs> but actually you know. properly deserved probably to be there as opposed to... Yeah, and, you know, England were not, you know, at their best when he was playing. And, you know, they were, certainly it wasn't a vintage era of England hookers because fucking Lee Mears was still involved at that point. But, like... <laughs> You know, he I know believe he is. But yeah, he genuinely like he reinvented himself quite late in his career. Because you know, and he became an international. And became an international out of it. And that's the sort of thing that doesn't happen in this game anymore. You know, that was ten years ago, so he was like twenty four, twenty five. Like how many players switch positions in their early to mid twenties? And it goes so well that they go from be playing for fucking Bedford and Nottingham to being a fucking British and Irish lion. Dave, what's his name? Did he, didn't he? For the for Harlequins, he moved, yes. he moved from hooker to back row. I think because he couldn't tolerate his throwing in anymore. <laughs> I can't remember his surname. Dave, what's his name? Somebody will tell me. You'll know what I'm talking about. Vaguely, I can see his face, but what always happens is when you can't remember somebody, then my mind instantly goes blank. So. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, yeah, definitely called Dave. Anyway, um, yes. yeah, so really, all the best to him, and I'm glad he got Indeed. to have a proper send off at, at Leicester because definitely. he absolutely deserved it, really. And we wish him and his Too family right. all the best because it's uh, not that I give a fuck about that, but we did anyway. Indeed. And then you know, in a couple of weeks ago, about slagging his brother off and forget all. Oh that, yeah, 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 yeah. What have you got? Have it any other way? Newsworthy right this moment in time. There's not a great deal of fucking news today, is there? Let's be say, real. Hey, what is he's Ponty Pool are for you, me. <laughs> that is. I mean, it's like I completely agree with what seems to have happened with Pont with the WIU Championship season. Um, appears bullshit. And I like, and surely something has to be done there. Um, but some some people have been saying that, like, technically there is like the WIU wanted the championship to not really be regarded as a league this year, and there's no official league table. 
And so, like, <laughs> on, so basically, what's happened is the Pontypool have been trying to rearrange a postponed fixture with Bather, um, but they can't, like, because Bather. Keeps... Apparently, they've offered several days to Bather. They just keep saying no. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we can't do it then. And so, uh, ultimately, <laughs> WRU is basically gone. Well, okay. Well, you can't play it, so we're not going to award you any points for it either. And because of that. Um, even though it's clearly Bayless' fault, but Bayless' fault that um, the, the fixture hasn't been fulfilled, they're not going to award Pontypool any points, and as a result, Pontypool aren't going to win the WRU Championship, and they are fucking fuming. They've claimed it an embarrassing and unacceptable display of unprofessionalism, which I agree, but also the WRU Championship. I want to recalibrate your expectations there. Well, exactly. The WIU Championship is not a professional league. It is supposed to be an amateur league. The fact that clubs like, you know, Pontypool are one of the few clubs in that lower tier. Um, And there's not even that many clubs in the Premiership that are, that refuse to sign the thing that allows you to get funding from the WIU for being from the community portion of the game because they pay their players. And, so, you know, Pontypool are basically running a professional outfit in a, an entirely amateur league, um, which A, makes it funny that they haven't won all their games this season and they have lost to both Neath uh, and Bedwas, who are both above them in the table at the moment. But also, it's just like, I mean, guys, if you're expecting professional behaviour, maybe, be, you know, it's an amateur they, league. What do you expect? David's response to the tweet has been to respond by congratulating Bargoid on winning the league. Oh, Bargoid, sorry, yeah, yeah. Which, as as pure shit housing goes, non non more Welsh amateurism is that it's, it's incredible, glorious, isn't it? But it, I mean, it does show that even at a community level, where you know they've got you know, a huge amount of the WRU's money goes towards. All of this stuff, um, and you know, a large part of why the WRU is you know badly underfunds its fucking professional team so badly is because it's propping up this community game, and yet it's still a fucking shit show. And I've just every, been, yeah. both Harley oh, Worthy and Rob Diamond in the comments have made the point that it was a parody account. Ah, oh, well, I'm well, it had sure because it's it's not like fucking. Bargoid have got a fucking blue tick, is it? Like in just it was that responded. But anyway, oh, it from a parody yeah, yeah. account, the fact that we could believe it was actually real says probably a lot about Welsh rugby or a lot about us. I don't know, probably a bit about yeah, it's, um, Rob Diamond also says that Pontypool spelled spend proper wedge in calling for clubs to be expelled and WR board to retire, just smacks of toys being chucked out of the pram. I've interviewed I mean, Ben, who who runs Pontypool. Yes. Um a very they, nice interview, very nice fella. But they I do think they go their own way in these things and they refuse to be, which I think makes them an easy target for people. Mm. But like, because they are just in absolutely like, you know, they refuse to, to. Most people at the lower levels of the WIU game are like very happy to just toe the line and take their money. And Ben and Pontypool refuse and have always refused to do it and have always been loud and difficult. But 
you know, it's. It, I mean, it's you still can't it's, escape the central fact that how is it when a club can't fulfil a fixture after being offered multiple dates? But the, the, but, the governing body the doesn't WWE, go. Yeah. Well, you forfeit the points, then, don't you? Yeah. How it's is really that? It's really very simple. It's it's and it, but you know because the problem that the WWE community board has is that I can't find any evidence of who is on the WRU community board, which in itself fucking stinks. By the way, <laughs> it's like there is a board, but there's no. When you click on on the WWE website on community board, it just uh, when you click on the professional board on the WRU website, you get bios of every single person on the WRU professional side of things board. When you click on the community board, there's absolutely nothing. And <laughs> it's just... I mean, it just... It's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, why Why is that? Why is this a stake secret? Who is in the community game board that governs the community game in Wales? I don't know. <laughs> Genuinely don't know. But... It's it's weird. The whole thing is weird, and I just don't understand why bad governance like this is happening. <laughs> Still, just I mean, it shows uh, once again for the ten millionth time that the WIU its current structure is absolutely not fit for purpose for anybody, for community clubs, for semi-professional clubs, for professional clubs, for the national team. It's all a fucking shambles, and it desperately needs to be reformed. Whether it will be. Who knows? And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Quite. Um, fact, last bit of news for me. Um, the four-woman shortlist for the player of the Six Nations has been announced. <clears throat> yes. It contains Marley Packer and Sarah Byrne. Um, it does. And, and also um, Laura Sansu and Marisou Fall from France, which... I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, if Sarah, probably, Sarah, if Sarah Byrne, Byrne doesn't win it, yeah. I mean, it's, you know... She is the only player for from an England point of view that you can honestly say she has not played a bad second of rugby um in this tournament. Even when the rest even when England went to shit last week against Ireland, she was still the only fucking person in that team still being ten out of ten excellent. So yeah. She's had a remarkable year, yeah. Um Okay, any more news? Nah. Right. Shall we talk about the weekend then? Well, that Six Nations bit kind of leads us into the weekend chat, doesn't it? So Indeed. So at that point, we'll say goodbye to our non-patron listeners. Goodbye. Uh, Don't know why I'm waving. Uh, you can't see this anyway, because you can't no, see the live stream if you're not paying to no, So, um, yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Anyway. Well, so yes, I think that's the weekend, isn't it? So that is the weekend done, we think, don't we? So we welcome back our non-patron listeners. Hello. Hello. And we go into the shit good, I guess. You, you missed Lee going off to have a wee. You did. You non-patient. Um, yeah. Excuse me. I said it was a comfort break. You've got no idea what I've done. Yeah, you, who knows what you did? I just, I'm just assuming we. I might have just gone and done some squat thrusts and stretched my calves out a bit yeah, and yeah, come yeah. back. <laughs> um, I didn't do that. But yeah, it's a, so shit, good, Josh. Have you got any shit? Um, most of my shit we've already talked about. Really, because we? we've, we've talked about Wales's kicking game and we've talked about London Irish being fundamentally silly. So, <laughs> um, not many shits this week from the, from the listenership. I think they're, they're in a good mood. It's bank holiday weekend. I don't know. Yeah, I see. Um, Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He says, "Shit, this is non-rugby related, but it's 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 a story in many acts." So he says, "Shit, a co-op lorry taking out the one bit of our fence that didn't need replacing." <laughs> he said, "However, the good was that I got Wait. to do temporary repairs using a bunch of power to power tools. My nice. wife said I'd never use." That'll learn, won't it, Andy? Um, he said, and also good, he said, then after that, the guy from the co-op turned up while I was doing it to A, compliment me on my job, tick, and B, nice. tell me they were going to replace 12 metres of fence, even though there's nice. only two metres of damage. <laughs> yes. Nice grift you've got going on there, Andy. Indeed. I mean, if you can get somebody to pay for something that they haven't even broken, especially if it's a big fucking company. That's one of the most satisfying things. In the trying, world, I wish I could get somebody to do that for me fridge. <laughs> Twice I've had to phone the insurance. Now I was going to say that's on hold for twenty going? minutes. <sighs> Honestly, too much. And then they probably say no for the first time, won't they? Stu Clark gets in touch. He says, "Shit is the absolute shambles of the refereeing standards in the URC." Anything in particular this weekend? Um, he says, "I know Josh has spoken about it in the past as well." But White House was honking for both Ulster <laughs> and Edinburgh at the weekend, and there was real frustration on both sides. Yes, it's always you always know the refs. You've done a great job when both sides are absolutely tamping with you. A few people, other people, wrote about that as well. I didn't. I'm really down here about how he was effectively rushing medical staff to make a decision. Fuck it out. Harley Worthy gets in touch. He says, "Shit, is Cardiff losing again?" I mean, it's a matter of opinion, shocked? obviously, as Josh will probably say. Why are we shocked by this now? So, but good this is that they weren't as bad as they were against the Ospreys. We've forgotten news. They've signed that. They've signed a forward, Cardiff, haven't they? I mean, yeah, they signed. I mean, they signed a Hollywood lock, so it is very much in Cardiff's fucking it's in wheelhouse. Keeping, yes, it? yes. But like, yeah, you know. Tamani will be a, a good signing for them, I think. It's he adds a bit of fucking ballast. Have they got their... a defence coach? Uh it doesn't look like it. <laughs> it certainly doesn't look like it, is what I was asking, yeah. I tell uh, you what, the anyway. Osprey's defence is a lot better now that they've actually got added defence coach for the last couple of months. So it's almost know. like it's an important part of the game, which should be properly resourced, isn't it? Um Yeah, funny that. <laughs> Uh, ben Smith says, shit, is feeling unsure about how much to celebrate destroying your local rivals because of how terrible they were. <laughs> I'm assuming that's a Gloucester tweet, Ben, is it? 
Yeah, there was a time where you, you, it sort of felt like, God, if this was a fight, they would have stopped this. after about Strong throw minutes. the damn towel energy from Rocky Four. <laughs> real, real. Drago versus Creed, yeah. Oh. Um, Hunter Sewell gets in touch, our friend in America. He says, shit is going to an Atlanta baseball game and having to listen to Trumpy McAsshole berate me about politics the whole time. I'm assuming was that somebody in the crowd who was that type of person? Or I mean, was yeah, Donald Trump actually at a Braves game? The Atlanta Braves are not exactly in step with the right side of history. It's the only it it's way. the only tiny, tiny flaw in the Jason in the in the Jason Isbell love that I have. Yes, is it is an adoration of the Braves and his yes. silence on their quite the... obvious shit baggery. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a blemish. It is. Maybe I should DM him about that. <laughs> oh, he's followed you, hasn't he? You could say, "Excuse yeah, me, yeah. Jeff, I'll do this in public." However, <laughs> um, anyway, Hunter also says, "Good though." He said, "Good is Shauna Brown's BBC uh, piece about the vulnerability she felt following a neck injury. It was eye-opening about the mental health rigors of the game." Yes, yes, indeed. She's great, Shauna Brown. She really is. She's never not ace. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Reese not gets in touch finally. He says, "Shit is Neil Francis." <laughs> Go on, yeah, claiming that young rugby players in Ireland are dying because they've taken Class A drugs before games, and not because rugby is inherently dangerous. Even for him, that's some Olympic standard mental gymnastics. Fucking not up. still not as bad as fucking rugby tonight's attempt to talk about con- concussion, was it on Sunday? God, Christ I... Almighty! It was real bad. Like I, I understood why. They clearly felt like they had to do it and they wanted to do it, but nobody on air had any balls or any, like, and you can say, I mean, you know, they are all to a greater or lesser degree heavily employed by rugby union and therefore nobody had the gumption to actually ask complicated or difficult questions of any of the people on there about why more stuff is like, it was all about like, protecting the health of the players that have retired you know they're in their 40s now and it was some stuff about mouth guards <laughs> and Willie Stewart's a weird one as well because he's always been pretty strong on how it all needs sorting and now he seems to have gone headlong into the you know have a few less pints of strong bow or something well I think he's sort of like you know, in a similar way that I was, I've sort of given up and embraced the twenty-minute red card. <laughs> I sort of, I sort of feel like he's just given up trying to actually engineer meaningful change in rugby union because he sees that it's not going to happen, and is instead trying to drive his efforts into doing things that will hopefully meet. You know, he basically is trying to help the players that have already been like damaged by this in the only way that he knows how and the only way that you know the only way that he sees is because it's too late it's fucking too late for all of the players who played between like 1997 and you know 2018 19 who regularly got headshots for fun um but nobody asked at no point did anybody ask Willie Stewart about the current fucking everything that's happening with the fucking concussion advisory working group or whatever the fuck it's called and Paul McCrory getting fucking disgraced and 
and that whole thing being a a no point did any like like nobody asked him if they thought that the concussion protocol should be changed now that he this guy's been shown to be a fucking charlatan who like has recused himself off the board and has got various things hanging over him of people complaining that he's not done his job properly and it's like why isn't you know if you're having a head if you're having a fucking thing about head injuries surely the unsuitability of the the group that's drawn up all the frameworks is something that a responsible journalist should be asking but there were not any like love and respect to everybody in that room but there were no fucking journalists in that room it was a bunch of pundits and presenters who were all paid by BT Sport and by ineffectively World Rugby and the Gallagher Premiership. And so nobody had the balls to actually fucking say. Like, it was just like, oh, that's great you're doing that. Oh, that's great you're doing that as well. And there was no sort of like, but could you not be doing more? And that was like the fucking gigantic, stomping, fucking tusk waving elephant in the room. And it was just flat out ignored, man. And it was just fucking. That's the level of diet. That's you know the level of discourse that we have on. That's the height of discourse about head injuries on TV and rugby union that we've got now. I guess, and it's fucking depressing. It takes them a long time to move, though. It was five years before they actually had it. Isn't this exercise thing a bad idea? Actually, <laughs> front and center on the on the. It does. But that's the thing. I, I I genuinely feel like it, that that segment was done with the best will in the world by the people who yes. work at BT and by everybody involved, but they just. There were huge, big, fucking honking questions there that needed to be asked, and nobody had the gumption to ask them. That's the end of shit, I think. I think so. Good wise, I'll start with good. Sarah yep. Byrne, Always. not just for the obviously obvious stuff, the play, obviously, mm. but also for saying that the proper contracts are needed for all players because of the effect they're not having them as on the mental health. Yeah. And well, I think it's, it's a really something... good point that people don't really. I certainly hadn't really thought about until I read that, and it's a really good point actually. The pressure, man. Yeah, to know that you've got a fucking job to do as well as be. It was something that came out of that no no try thing. It's like you've got to behave like you're supposed to behave like an elite athlete while also having a job. It's just fucking mad shit. And she rightly called it out. I had Bobby Windsor as an after-dinner speaker at our club once, and he, he actually kind of made a joke about the fact that, well, he wasn't really joking, he was reflecting on his experience, but sort of saying that obviously he played international on Saturday, and then, because Bobby wasn't, you know, in that typical Welsh way, Bobby worked at the steelworks. Mm. So he was like, literally, I had a fucking foreman calling me a cunt Monday morning after I played for <laughs> Wales on a Saturday, basically. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that was the same thing, but I suppose they just, in a way, but the game was absolutely and completely different back then. Yeah, but that's the thing the game was, but then the women are expected to behave like elite athletes, like yes, the men are, yeah. and yet while still having this fucking throwback ridiculousness. Um, he, he was lamenting it even back then, that basically I was fucked. Indeed. And I'd been this superstar, and I just went in and got a bollocking in work, basically. Yeah. What have you got, us, Gordon? Anything? Chris Bloody Ashton. Yes. Like, I feel like we, we, we like him a lot more than a lot of people do. <laughs> um. And I just thought it was like that third. Obviously, he's now the most the Prem's all-time leading try scorer, and deservedly so, because I think he is 
one of the best wingers the Premiership has ever seen. And that third, the third try that he scored was just like a perfect summation of everything that we love about Chris Ashton. Because like Leicester make that break from inside, basically on their own line. And he's Ashton steaming up on Young's inside shoulder as Bristol are trying to number up in defence. And then the way just just before Young's raising the pass, he just swishes to the outside shoulder right at the last second, cuts that beautiful angle, mm. and then he's got nothing but grass to run into, and it's a certain try. And like it's so easy, but the intelligence and the anticipation and the way that he reads the game to exercise those angles that he runs. And those late fucking appearances on people's shoulders that he does is why he scored 95 tries in the Prem. And it's really funny, isn't it? Because it's it should be completely coachable, that. Yeah. Because it is like, um, when you see it developing like this, you should move. Because what Ashton does, he moves ahead of play, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lets it go past him, so he's there just at the right time to time his run. And that should be eminently coachable. And yet it obviously isn't. <laughs> it clearly because isn't. Because so few people actually do it. But he can just no. do it wonderfully, you know? Yeah, it's remarkable stuff. It really is. Yeah, well, another great career, yeah. Yeah. Um, just quickly, uh, congratulations to Fraser McVean, listener on the birth of his daughter, Juliet. That's good. Indeed. And I do love that listen, so many listeners use this section to give us like non-rugby-related personal news. It's very nice. It is. So we're like a group of friends you want to share news with. It's lovely. Um or even bad news sometimes. So, but it's it's all very nice. So, thank you very much for sharing that. Simon Clark gets in touch. Said Neve Jones's player of the match performance for Ireland against Scotland. She was unreal. Yes, she, yeah, she was. was. Uh, sticking with women's rugby, Matt Merritt gets in touch. He was a, a keen follower of women's rugby. We know that. Hello, Matt. He says good is um, London Irish Emeralds the winning the women winning Championship Two Southwest with a plus three hundred twenty six points difference and a sixteen Oof. wins from sixteen. Fair play. Good season. Piers gets in touch. I hope he's not Piers Francis after what we said before. I'll be awkward. He says, Piers says, good. He said, and again, sharing some nice news. He says, good, I'm retiring after 33 years working as a consultant nurse in A&E. Fair play. Enjoy it. You've obviously Indeed. worked bloody hard. Um, he says, shit is Courtney Laws's thumb after playing a full match after a compound dislocation two weeks ago. Really, was that the best option? Genuinely, Piers. when you... That... F- Picture of his <laughs> finger, yeah, yeah. which is basically held on by string. Um, <laughs> of course, he shouldn't be playing fucking rugby union. <laughs> like, no. of fucking course, he shouldn't. But, but you know, ugh. people have a right to make unwise decisions and all that. Well, indeed, it's his body, his choice, which is something <laughs> he wouldn't say about a woman. Um, but... <laughs> we actually don't know that. <laughs> no, we don't. Law of probability states. Let's not get into that discussion as the news has come out of America today. Yes. But anyway, uh, Led Stephen Powell gets in touch again with some lovely news. He says, God, I've passed me PhD with Fair minor play. corrections this week. After four years of hard work, during which the pod has provided sympathetic backdrop to my toil. Well, I'm glad oh, we lovely. could play a tiny part in you getting through that, Led Stephen Quite. Powell. Or should I say, Dr. Led Stephen Powers? I'm yeah. Sure you know. uh, or very nearly that. Uh, Neil Webber gets in touch. He says, good is a grand slam, 23 unbeaten games, unable to take an early setback and turn it around. Brilliant forwards, lightning backs, and they all seem like nice people. It's great to be a Red Roses fan, says Neil. It's sickening, isn't it, if you're not a Red Roses fan? <laughs> um, Andy Hunt gets in touch. He says, good is being a Gloucester fan this week. One point away from fourth, and I've got tickets for the Twickenham game against Harlequins. 
Nice. He said, however, shit is that we all already know what the result against Harlequins is going to be. I mean, yeah. Just do an Northampton on him. Yeah. Alex Reese Jones, who went to Italy this weekend, he says Good was being allowed on the zebra pitch after the game to chat to and have photos with the home players who ended up necking pints with us. Fair play. That's not a bad way to spend a bank holiday weekend, is it, in Absolutely Italy? Yes, necking it? pints with professional rugby players on the pitch. He said, uh, he said, also good, is I tried to speak Italian to one of the players to say congratulazioni. I don't know that's oh, even God. a word. Oh, he said, God. only to be told, it's all right, lads, I'm from Bath. He said it was Chris Cook and nobody recognised him straight away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Brilliant. no. Uh, and finally, some lower division news. Steph Franklin gets in touch. He says, good, is for the first time in seven years. I've, in the seven years I've been a season ticket holder, Isha have given me some good news and have been promoted. And she said, shit, though, is I still haven't got my voice back. Again, good news for you, Steph. Good Indeed. news for Isha. That probably sounds, that does, I'm not going to be funny, sound like the poshest place in the world. It's But I'm does. glad they've been promoted. Have you got any more goods, Josh, before we bring nah, this to a close? Let's, let's, let's end this. I'd like to thank everybody who stuck around, even through my wee-wee break. Yep. And uh, we'll see you all next week when inexplicably the season will still not be over. Somehow. The regular season, we still have a month left. Fucking well, this is this is what we are now. This is literally Honestly. like the end. This is like Sons of Anarchy. It is. It's, just waiting yeah. to see how much sillier it can get. <laughs> Very silly is my book. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Pleasure. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.